Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into the show. It is Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke5. We've got a fun one planned for you this evening, and the crowd is already filling up here at the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, which naturally we're always broadcasting live out of. We've got some early baseball action going on right now and some later games to look forward to. Paul Spore of Fangraphs will be joining the show in 30 minutes. First time on the show this season. We had him on plenty last year. Always love getting Paul's insights, especially at this time of the year, right? I mean, we've got a large enough sample size, so to speak, to see if it could be based on a consistent angle in terms of specific hitters and teams. So we'll get into that conversation as well as just some of Paul's top bets for tonight. So that'll be in 30 minutes. Before we bring on Paul, though, we'll talk some NBA postseason with Nick Whalen, senior NBA editor over at Roto-Wire. So that'll be in 15 minutes. Nick's top plays tonight. We have time. We'll get into some of those series prices and maybe preview his bucks against my Bulls. Once again, Milwaukee, a 10-point favorite tomorrow. We'll see if Nick's got any early thoughts on that game. And speaking of series prices, end of the show, 45 minutes from now. I want to go over a couple of them because I think it's worth some value determining if it's worth to get into a bet with it now or to have some patience with a couple of series, one of those Still going on tonight with the Memphis series taking on Minnesota. I think that one's very intriguing. And then the Brooklyn and Boston one. We'll look into those series prices. And then for the games tonight, we'll get into a couple of props that I did use as a best bet. Speaking of best bets, so 
I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this Cubs game this evening because, man, the Cubbies keep doing it. They're slightly undervalued in the market continuously, and they just keep finding a way to compete and to win. 4-2 dub last night over the Rays, and they are catching a lot of people's attention tonight, including my own. Let's preview this matchup at the friendly confines as the Cubs looking to get another dub against the AL opponent being the Tampa Bay Rays. And right now at Bat Rivers, you're seeing Tampa Bay as the favorite, minus 127. Chicago plus 108 on the buyback. This total open eight, you've still seen it at eight. A little bit of juice to the under, minus 113. You want to lay the run and a half with Tampa Bay, you're getting plus 130 as the value. And if you want to take a run in the hook with the Cubbies, minus the buck 65 is what you're having to lay. Now, this thing actually opened up at Bat Rivers with Tampa Bay about minus 120 and Chicago plus 105. So you've seen some late movement go toward Tampa Bay, but initially the first movement in the market went toward the Cubbies. And we were talking about this with Adam Burke, Beeson's betting analyst yesterday. Pretty much every single game the Cubs had been an underdog, the initial movement in the market went toward them, barring last night's game where, despite it not going toward them, they got the outright win. So originally it went that way, but now it's coming back. Why could that be? Well, maybe just some late movement in general based on where the price was or because some bettors may not like where this Cubs lineup is appearing to be set at, and conversely, maybe they like to raise a little bit better. But I'm actually liking the Cubs in this spot, and I like that you get this plus money value here. Starting for the Cubs tonight, you got Justin Steele, the southpaw, who the last time when he was starting, I really didn't have faith in him. I still thought that, you know, based on what we saw last year in his rookie campaign and the fact that, yes, he had a great outing in his opener against Milwaukee, I was going, all right, maybe he's a little bit overvalued, the numbers are inflated, and he'll kind of come back down to earth. But that wasn't the case. Against the Rockies, he had a really stellar outing in the hitter's ballpark being Coors Field. And the Cubs won that game 5-2, to two, so he gave up two hits in that outing. Uh, excuse me, two earned runs in that outing. But overall this season, throughout nine innings pitched, he's allowed nine total hits and just two earned runs, nine strikeouts, and three walks. Now, furthermore, with Steele, if you're looking at his numbers for this year, he's on paper 1-0 with an ERA of 1.93. Really solid XFIP, but 3.16 and a whip right at about average, 1.29. Left on base percentage above average, it's at 83.3%. Ground ball percentage. What percentage of hits in play are ending up being ground balls? 50% is the number, and that's tremendous to see out of Justin Steele, especially for the fact that he was able to do that in a highly elevated park like Coors Field. And he hasn't given up any home runs as at this point. So, uh, look, it's been a two-game sample size this season. Still short, still small. But I think because, again, I doubted him at a tougher environment to play in, which was Coors Field, you're getting a hot team with the Cubbies right now, a lineup that looks pretty decent the last I was checking it. And they're giving you that value now, plus 108. I think I got to roll with Justin Steele here. They're still giving you a plus price with the Cubs at home as an underdog against this Rays team that honestly has not been living up to their expectations coming into this season. The bats have not been coming alive. And also, in terms of their starting pitcher, they're putting Matt Whistler out there. The righty has not started a game since 2020. He's most consistently been a relief pitcher. And this year in five games, he's pitched 4.2 innings, ERA of 1.93, an XFIP of 3.22, and a whip of 0.86. It's hard to take that into account, again, considering it's been very short stints when he's been implemented into the game. He has not started since 2020. Now, in 2021, if you want to kind of look 
at a larger sample size of something on the road you could gravitate toward. On the road last year as a relief pitcher, when 25 innings pitched, a high ERA of 4.68, allowed 25 hits, 13 earned runs. Opponents had a batting average of 260 against Whistler on the road. Now, also, several Cubs players have faced him throughout the course of their career. And oddly enough, Jason Hayward has done very well against him. So if Hayward's doing decent against a pitcher, you got to imagine the, uh, the rest of the lineup could do just as much damage. And conversely, really quick, by the way, none of these Rays hitters in their lineup as of this moment have gone up against Steele. So maybe that's an advantage for Justin Steele, who has been having a very solid season up to this point. So if he can keep it rolling, this may be the last time you get him as a slight underdog at home. Of course, it depends on who the opponent is, but for a majority of their opponents, especially if the Cubs can keep up this offense that isn't necessarily powerful, but they're making a lot of contact. They're not chasing pitches, and they're being very patient at the plate, and that's the biggest difference you've seen from this squad that's been assembled right now to the team from 2016 and beyond that, and that's what's great to see out of these Cubbies hitters. And the thing I guess that could be a little bit concerning is this Cubs bullpen. I know they had a good outing with Thompson yesterday, Hopefully the Cubs bullpen doesn't blow it tonight and the offense can give them a comfortable enough lead. Tampa Bay did go a little bit deeper into their bullpen than the Cubs did last night. So hopefully the Cubbies can hold on late if they do get a big lead, which is what I'm hoping and banking on. So I took the Cubs on the money line here. I got it a little bit earlier at plus 103. Again, you're getting a better price right now at Bet Rivers with the Cubs plus 108. But I'm still liking the Cubbies tonight at home as the underdog against the Tampa Bay Rays. So let's go Cubbies. Hopefully they can pack in another W. All right, I wanted to go over a couple more games, one in baseball and one in hockey that I was very strongly considering playing. Did not end up making them official plays, but I still think it's interesting to go over. And this is going to be this matchup, speaking of the aforementioned Coors Field, the Rockies at home tonight, once again facing the Phillies. Adam Burke did a good job handicapping this game last night. Said he liked the Rockies as an underdog, and Chad Cool had a very solid pitching performance, and the Rockies got the job done. Not too sold that they can replicate that performance once again. Look, the Phillies had a few good games here to start this season, but overall they've really struggled as of late. They opened up minus 132. Right now at Bet Rivers are minus 136 on the money line. Total opened 11. It's consistently moved toward the over. Now it's at 12 at Bet Rivers. And look, you're getting Kyle Gibson, the righty out there for Philly, who in two games has actually done very well. 11.2 innings pitched, seven hits is what he's allowed, and four earned runs, along with 16 strikeouts. Went up against Oakland and Miami. His XFIP listed at 2.18 right now, 3.09 ERA, and a whip of 0.86. Hasn't pitched at Coors Field since 2020, but had a pretty good outing the last time. Only gave up two earned runs in that game. A lot of things have changed, but still, some pitchers have a terrible time at Coors Field, but most recently, Gibson did pretty well, as he's been doing thus far for the Phillies. The Rockies are throwing out Southpaw Kyle Freeland. You remember Freeland. The Cubs absolutely demolished him his last time out. The Southpaw is now 0-2 in the year of 2022. 8.3 innings pitched, a lot 14 hits, and 10 earned runs. Five runs, respectively, in each outing against the Dodgers and the Cubs. So he's got an ERA of 10 flat an XFIP of 4.61, and a whip of two flat, okay? And at home last season, if you want a bigger sample size, his opponents had a WOBA, weighted on base average of 384. League average is 320, so no bueno for Kyle Freeland from last year. Has not been a good start this year. I would look toward back in the Phillies here. 
What's a little concerning is the Phillies' bullpen has not been great to start. They have an ERA of 4.57, and on the other side, the Rockies have the number one bullpen ERA in Major League Baseball, 1.88. So you could consider maybe, how about the Phillies in the first five? The lowest money line price I saw was minus a buck 30. I don't hate the idea of that, but this market's kind of moving a little bit away from Philly as of late. So I kind of got a strong lean here with the Phillies. This is going to be one of those observation games to see if Gibson is really going to be a strong pitcher to back this season. And conversely, if Freeland is almost going to be an automatic fade, especially at home. I don't like that the Phillies' bats haven't been coming alive as of late. So again, that adds some trepidation to this spot. But I do give an advantage to the Phillies in the first five and in the full game. Maybe a little bit stronger of a lean for the first five. So that's the other angle I'm approaching with the baseball slate tonight. Again, we'll have Paul Spore joining us later in the show, podcaster and writer over at Fangraphs, where I always use all of our metrics. They dish out the best ones, and Paul is a big contributor in terms of Fangraphs, so we'll look forward to getting him on the program in 30 minutes. And remember, we'll still talk some NBA series prices and a couple of best bets I have for the NBA playoff games tonight with those props. We've got two of them, so that'll be 40 or, well, at the beginning of the show, it's 45 minutes. Now I guess it's about uh, 40 minutes later in the show. We will be discussing all of that. And don't forget, coming up next here on Rush Hour, we will talk some basketball with our guy Nick Whalen. He's a senior editor over at Roto-Wire. We've got the games to preview tonight. We've got his bucks taking on the Bulls tomorrow. And if we have some time, we'll sneak in some of those series prices and how they've been adjusted with our guy, Nick. So stick around. Plenty of basketball and more baseball coming next right here on Rush Hour. It is Visa, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer 
maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available to get set up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. All righty. Welcome back to it. The show is rush hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Time to talk some NBA postseason here on the program. And to help us do just that, we welcome in Nick Whalen, who you could follow on Twitter at Whalen instead of the L. It's a one on the Twitter handle and he catches content over at Rotowire, where he is the senior NBA editor. Nick, my man, happy to have you on. We've got a few games to preview tonight. And then if we got time, I know we got to squeeze in some analysis with your Bucks and my Bulls for tomorrow's game. So let's go ahead and get started with the evening's affairs. Miami and Atlanta, we see the Heat as a seven and a half point favorite against Trey Young and company. The total for this one, Nick, at about 220. You think Atlanta keeps it closer than last game, or is Miami just that much better? I think Miami's just that much better. And, you know, this this spread was down at seven at some shops earlier in the day. It was sitting at seven and a half. Now it's moved up to eight in favor of Miami. And, and frankly, I think it could be a couple points higher. Uh, obviously, if you, you get into the double digits, you know, you start having to second guess whether or not you want to chase it. But at, at Miami minus eight, I am happy to take the heat with the points. Now, Trey Young is not going to play as poorly. He's not going to be as limited as he was in game one. And Miami's not going to be shooting the lights out from three. But to me, it, that, that all felt kind of ancillary. You know, like, who else can Atlanta turn to at this point? You know, Bogdanovich is, is a little bit banged up. He's run hot and cold. You know, John Collins played his first game in forever. Can't really depend on him. No Clint Capella in the series. That all of a sudden means that, you know, a, a younger player, Nanyaka Kongwu, is playing a ton of minutes. I, I really think... We're, we're kind of underrating the talent gap uh, between Miami and Atlanta. Maybe it's because Atlanta was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year and Miami lost in round one. I don't know. But a whole year has passed since then. You know, 80-plus games have passed since then. And I, I think Atlanta has just proven to be a very average basketball team. And all year long, Miami's been in the top three in the Eastern Conference. 
Yeah, I mean, you've, like you said, I mean, the consistency has been there for my, uh, Miami, and Atlanta's been showing you that they're not really the same team that we saw make that run last season, despite what they did in the playing game. Now you got to have the familiarity with one team and a team that knows how to lock down defensively, and they did just that, Nick, to Trey Young. What, did he have eight points in the first game? Is, is this something that you feel like you're going to continue to see being Trey Young maybe not as explosive offensively based on the way Miami schemes or because of how he was lackluster in game one, you think he bounces back because, of course, his points prop is going to be higher expecting that, but maybe Miami's just that good at locking him down. Yeah, I think Miami gives him a lot of trouble, you know, teams, especially when you're looking at it in a series, you know, when you, you don't have to prepare for a completely different team a night later like you do during the regular season you can kind of go all in on scheming against a certain player. And, and Miami is just a bad matchup for Trey Young. You know, I mean, you could, you could stick a, a you know physical veteran defender like Kyle Lowry or Jimmy Butler can switch out on into him. Like really anybody in that Miami Heat starting lineup, you're not worried if Bam Adebayo is switched on to Trey Young. You're very much okay with that because of how versatile and how quick and how strong Adebayo is. So, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see a great series from Trey Young. I think we definitely see him bounce back though, right? I mean, he's not going to go one of 12. He's not going to go 0 of 7 from three. Trey Young is a great all NBA caliber player in his own right. He's going to find ways to affect the game. He's going to be better. But ultimately, I, I just think overall, the Atlanta Hawks are overmatched and it's not going to matter at the end of the day. Yeah, and by the way, Trey Young points prop 25 and a half right now at Bet Rivers. A little bit of juice to the over. I'm with you. Should be a tough series regardless, but you would assume it's not going to be as bad as it was in game one for at least specifically Trey Young. And speaking of game ones, man, this was a fascinating one, Nick. Minnesota and Memphis. The Timberwolves took care of business, yet we looked to, uh, forward to game two. And the market is telling you originally with the opener that, hey, Memphis is expected for a bounce back. They opened up as high as a seven and a half point favorite, but these betters are going, nah, 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 that's a little too inflated because now it's down to six in the hook, Nick. This total is high as 240 and a half. I really like this Minnesota team, and I do think they could keep it within the spread personally, but I, of course, would not be shocked to see Memphis bounce back. So how do you look to handicap it, though? Is this line maybe just too overzealous in favor of Memphis, and these teams are more evenly matched, and it's leading you to believe? This one's really tough. It really, really is, because, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of respect here for what the Grizzlies did during the regular season, and rightfully so. You know, they were by far the second-best team in the NBA, they have a better record than any team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but they, you know, they got punked in Game One. There's no other way to say it. They were outplayed. It did not feel like a a fluke win for Minnesota. And you know, I think a lot of people have been down on the Wolves just for like the history of the franchise. It's tough to buy in on a team that's been so bad for so long. Um, but we, I, I was impressed with what we saw at Carl Anthony Towns. I think you and I talked about that last week. You know, how does he bounce back from this disastrous? play-in showing where he had one of the worst games of his career. Well, he comes out and goes for 29 and 13 in game one of the series and is a big reason why, you know, Minnesota wins that game by double digits. So I, I worry that we're seeing a little bit too much of an overcorrection, a little bit too much respect uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, but then again, you know, we have an 82 game body of work that says that Memphis is the vastly better team than Minnesota, but it's going to be interesting. This Memphis team is not battle tested, right? This isn't a team that's gone through multiple playoff runs together. Like when, when you put it in that context, Minnesota and Memphis are almost on the same plane. You know, there, there are certain players on each team who've been through these battles before, but collectively neither team has really been here. So I, I don't think that's really a great advantage in favor of Memphis. We've already seen them drop one game on their home court. Um, you know, straight up, I would pick Memphis in this game, but I think I would take Minnesota 
to cover. I think we need to respect the Timberwolves. Yeah, absolutely. You make a great point, and that's why I had reservations about this Memphis team to begin with because of the inexperience. You can do whatever you want in the regular season, but it doesn't matter until you get to the playoffs. And, yeah, I I'm kind of with you here. I do think Memphis bounces back. There is a lot more pressure added onto them now because of that inexperience and losing your first home game in the postseason. And I would gravitate toward taking the points. But, yeah, this one's really going to be a good test to see where we could bet it for game three and how the market will shift with these odds opening with Minnesota at home, depending on how closely they play this one. So that one should be fascinating to see the result. Uh, this next one, Nick, maybe uh, not as closely played potentially with Phoenix and New Orleans. The Suns just dominated that first game. Now, the Pelicans made it close for about a second, and then Chris Paul decided to start trying. And in this game, the Suns laying nine and a half, total here, 221 and a half. You have any hope for this Pelicans team? No, I don't. I, I really don't. And I, I like the Pelicans. They're a fun story. Um, you know, as far as 1-8 matchups go, uh, there are probably some years where this team could push the one seed in the West, maybe not win the series, but take a game or two. Uh, they just have the unfortunate reality of going up against the best and most consistent team in the league, right? I mean, it, it, this game in some ways, uh, maybe it wasn't quite as ugly as Bucks Bulls, uh, but we saw Phoenix get off to a hot start, looked like they were going to win by 30, and then slowly but surely, New Orleans climbs back in. I, I think they had it down to six or seven uh, late in the game, and, and Chris Ball stepped up and closed the door. You know, huge fourth quarter from CP. I don't think we see the Suns get caught off guard like that again. Uh, I mean, it says a lot when, you know, Jay Crowder, 0 of 4 from 3. McCall Bridges, 0 of 3 from 3. Torrey Craig, 0 of 1. Cameron Payne, 0 of 3. Like, all of their role players gave them a below average game offensively. It was pretty much Aiton, Paul, and Booker doing everything. They were minus 20 on the glass. Valanciunas had 13 offensive rebounds alone, 25 boards for the game. And they still ended up winning that game by double digits. So it felt like a lot went wrong for Phoenix. A lot went right for New Orleans late in the game. And it still wasn't all that close. So I, I think we see a blowout tonight. I, I'm chasing Phoenix with the points. And yeah, and Phoenix was still able to dominate. That's a large telltale of what's probably going to come to fruition tonight. Nick, before we let you go, my man, we got about a minute left. You and I were talking about this briefly off air. But you're a big Bucks fan there in Milwaukee. We're here in the Chicagoland area, and I'm a diehard Bulls fan. But, or Bulls fan, excuse me. But I understand the realistic expectations for the Bulls that were set in this series. I took the total games played under five and a half. And I honestly thought they could have done it for a second, but it was kind of like the first game they played in the regular season, off night from Middleton and Holiday, yet the Bucks still survive. They'll probably come back and dominate. They're a 10-point favorite in this game. So really quick, Nick, I mean, with this line 10, it's high, but I, I mean, I, I just think your Bucks are going to dominate and not expecting that poor of a shooting effort this time around. Yeah, I, I think Milwaukee wins this one comfortably. I wouldn't be shocked if Chicago covers. I mean, the Bulls are a good team at the end of the day. Uh, and both teams were so bad in game one that you have to expect some progression. Um, you know, you could say like, yeah, Middleton, I thought played like one of his three worst games of the entire year. But you could say the same thing about DeRozan. You know, Levine was kind of lethargic. Caruso missed a bunch of open threes. Vucevic bricked a ton of huge open threes in that game. So while Middleton probably plays better, the Bucks role players probably hit their threes. Um, you could say that Chicago is going to play better too. So I, I'm not exactly sure, you know, how game two plays out. I think Milwaukee wins. Uh, but I, I think, you know, Chicago's not going to roll over. This is a team that was near the top of the East for the entire season. Uh, I think we ended up getting what's going to be looked back on as a, you know, maybe a sweep or a gentleman's sweep, but it's going to be a little more hard fought than maybe I initially thought coming in. Yeah, could be the case. We'll see. Hopefully they can make it a little bit more entertaining than some of those regular seasons were and kind of like game one was. But Nick, my man, we'll look forward to it and we'll look forward to the next time we get you on. But until then, take care. All right, thanks for having me, Danny.
You got to make sure you follow him on Twitter at Waylon and all of his content over at Rotowire, where he serves as a senior NBA editor. Coming next, switching gears, talking baseball with Paul Sport. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Your baseball bets gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook today. If you log into Bet Rivers, you can receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet, but today only. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. But make sure you log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. All righty, speaking of baseball, it's time to discuss just that right here on Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and per usual, live here just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois at the Rivers Casino. Crowd getting bigger and bigger. Well, we got a big game to look forward to in baseball with the Cubbies. We'll get to that in a second. I wanted to talk about a couple other games with Paul Sporer, who is joining us now. A pleasure to have Paul on the show. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sporer. Fantastic content for all things baseball. Does great work over at Fangraphs, writer and podcaster, and always love talking all things on the diamond with Paul. So, Paul, thank you for making time, as always. Now, my producer was telling me that you had some interest in this Giants and Mets game. But, of course, they're still going on right now. I'm looking at the big screen, top of the 10th in the first leg of their doubleheader. Uh, the Giants threatening right now. But I, I want you to talk about your play on game two because right now the Mets are a slight favorite. But also, how do you kind of factor all that in to when there's a doubleheader with the full nine innings and just based on how this game is still going pretty late right now? Yeah, the doubleheader can certainly complicate things a bit. And I'm never a huge fan of going against Max Scherzer. But that's exactly what I'm going to do here with Logan Webb. If you if you're going to bet on if you're going to bet against Max Scherzer, you should do it with a really strong pitcher and somebody like Logan Webb definitely fits the bill. Generally, what you're looking for coming out of a a doubleheader uh, out of that first game is who's going to sit if there's going to be some key players sitting. Although I would say that the way the Giants run their lineup, I'd be surprised because they don't really have like major superstars like a lot of teams where maybe they would give somebody a rest. They play their platoons really heavy. I think they will continue to put out that lefty-focused lineup against Max Scherzer. And, uh, again, despite the difficulty of going against Scherzer, I'm going to go ahead and take Logan Webb as a road dog. We'll see who wins this game. I, I'm, in a weird way, I'm actually rooting against San Francisco. The, the, the sweep is hard. So with this right. play, I kind of want them to maybe lose this first one because it's really, really difficult to sweep. But I will say, even if they win, I'm not going to change the play. I'm going to stick with Webb regardless. All righty, rocking with the Giants for game two. Yeah, game one still going on. Three, two count, first and third. We'll see if anything happens. It will keep you updated. But also, Paul, you know, I I'm glad you had some interest in this next game with Philly and Colorado. I touched on this a little bit at the beginning of the show. I didn't end up pulling the trigger. Oh, there you go. It looks like he was off the back. So a run scores five to four. The Giants take the lead. So we'll see if the Mets can come back uh, for you or not. Well, obviously, you want the Giants uh, you know, to kind of falter. So we'll see. We'll see if it can come through for you, Paul. We'll keep you updated. But again, with the Philly and the Colorado game, now this pitching matchup is interesting because, you know, you're getting Gibson, who's up there, but he's performed well his first two starts. And you're looking at the side of Freeland, who has not done that well for Colorado. You got a high total here of about 11 and a half at Coors Field. 
What's been your analysis for this game? I'll tell you what, Coors has been really weird this year. It's, it's, it's underplayed for sure. We haven't seen the breakout games that we are, we are akin to seeing there, even in, even in April, by the way. Uh, the weather uh, is a little part of it, but Colorado's actually been pretty warm. You know, 60s and 70s here in April. They're not even getting the normal wretched weather that you expect there. And yet we haven't seen a team on either side, whether the Rockies or an opponent, put up 10-plus runs in Coors Field. I'm going to keep going until we get that breakthrough game. I'm going to go with the over on the 11 and a half, and I'm going to jump on Colorado here. Kyle Freeland has been a little rough to start. 10 ERA looking pretty ugly, but it, he has shown a penchant for being able to pitch in Colorado. I think part of it might be the fact that he grew up in Denver, or maybe he's just figured out how to make his arsenal work there relatively well. Kyle Gibson's not a bad pitcher, but he's a contact heavy guy. And so I don't know that this is the best spot for him here. So while I do have a little affinity for Kyle Gibson, I don't have that affinity in Colorado. Give me the over and the Rockies. Yeah, I do think you'll probably get a good look at that over tonight. You're right. It's kind of not the same as we've been accustomed to at Coors Field, but maybe tonight could be the breakout night. I guess kind of on that conversation really quick, Paul, you know, all these numbers and stats are coming out about the offense slightly decreasing, like the lack of home runs and other things revolving that conversation. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Oh, now it looks like they overturned the call, by the way, Paul. So now it's actually oh, wow. better for you. It's going to be 4-4 four to four going into the bottom of the tent. So now you got a contentious call in the sportsbook. Half the crowd loves it, half doesn't like it. Of course, that's just the way it goes. But that game continues on here, and we'll keep you updated, like we said. But, uh, Paul, to get back on track, so, again, some of these numbers in the short sample size are coming out. That offense, you know, isn't really coming abruptly. Are you taking this into account heavily right now, or are you still kind of waiting to see a bigger sample size? You know, it's definitely something to keep a close eye on. A lot of people want to dismiss it to the weather, but uh, it really hasn't been just the weather. I think it's due in part to both the humidors that have been installed across the entire league. My colleague and former podcast co-host, Eno Saris, has done excellent work covering that at The Athletic. And it can be intense to kind of read all of that and kind of figure out the humidity factors about, you know, where it helps and where it hurts. But the bottom line, he, he sums it up very well. The bottom line is that it is definitely keeping the ball in the yard more than it is not. And there's also the ball itself. We are always in the dark about the ball for the most part. Last year, it was kind of a mix of juice balls and deadened balls. This year, it seems like we're fully in the deadened batch. So you mix that with the humidor and the cooler weather, and all three of those factors are keeping the ball in the yard right now. April is generally a pretty good indicator of how the home runs are going to go for the entire season, too. So I don't think that we can just chalk this up to weather. We will see more runs as it gets hotter, but I don't know that it's going to be drastic unless Major League Baseball changes the ball, which is always the X factor that we're completely in the dark on. Oh, no kidding, man. That's fascinating. Yeah, I love seeing all the numbers, and I always think, yeah, maybe you can attribute it to the weather, but like you alluded to, I mean, you'll see more runs, but in the consistent side of things with hard hit and then the home runs, you could get that look at it nice and early. So, man, these balls keep altering every season. <laughs> Everybody keeps trying to figure out how to handicap into it. One of the fun games we play when it comes to betting baseball. Uh, speaking of the bets with baseball tonight, Paul, I did have one play, and you could call me a homer here. I did take the Cubs against the Rays. Now, granted, what I will say is I have not backed the Cubs yet this season. I've been a little critical, but at the same time, realizing that they've been a lot better at approaching the plate and just being patient and seeing the ball better. And I kind of like the pitching matchup here and the fact you're getting a plus yeah. price on them. 
But uh, what are you thinking for this game? Am I on the right side, or do you think Tampa Bay bounces back? I absolutely think you're on the right side, to be honest. I was very close to giving this play to the producer as well as one of mine. I'm really keen on Justin Steele, this young left. Actually, he's not even that young. He's, uh, you know, I think he's mid-late 20s. I think he's 28, 27, 28 years old. But he's kind of coming into his own. We saw some signs last year. And we haven't seen everything come together this year. Like his swing and miss hasn't necessarily been there. But I do believe with two breaking balls that he can get more swings and misses. So I think this is the right side. I was very close to going Cubs here. So I'm going to back you on that one for sure. All right. That's what we love to hear, Paul. And, hey, Paul, before we get you out, we got about 90 seconds or so remaining. You know, again, speaking of these early thoughts, what are some teams you're looking for that you go and hey, maybe stay away because they're over-exceeding? And then at the same time, maybe look at a team that you could get some value on early on in terms of the betting markets that haven't adjusted yet. Well, you talked about being a homer, and uh, I, I'm going to do that a little bit here and talk about my Tigers and say that I'd say stick with them. Things have not gone particularly well, and yet they're, they're still just four and five. They lost their star acquisition, Javi Baez, to a, a thumb issue celebrating a huge hit. That's really painful. Uh, the three of their key bullpen pieces have gone on the aisle, and now Mize and Manning are hurt. So, well, why would we like them then? Well, because they're sticking around despite these issues, and I think this team is still going to be pretty good. And as these bullpen pieces come back, I would definitely start to look at the Tigers, a team that I just can't really get on board with. And I'm not sure if the market is necessarily overrating them, but the Red Sox are five and five. I, I tailed them a lot last year because of their pitching. I'm still off of them. I do not think that this is a good enough team to be all that good. They beat me last year. I'll, I'll tip my cap. The pitching held up long enough. But I do not trust their pitch out of a couple guys like Garrett Whitlock, Nathan Eovaldi, who goes tonight. Otherwise, I'm pretty happy time those two guys aren't going, even with that great offense. Awesome stuff. Paul Spore, folks. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Spore. And remember to catch all his content over at Fangraphs. Great writing and great podcasting. And, Paul, I'm with you on your Tigers. I like them. I think they'll present a lot of value. So uh, you could sweat out the Cubs from time to time. I'll do it with the Tigers, and we'll be sitting pretty nice throughout the season, hopefully. But thank you for making some time, my man. Look forward to having you on more frequently throughout the season. I love it, Danny. Take care. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you in the future. You got it. You as well. Paul Spore, folks. Big shout out to him for making some time. Fantastic stuff, like we said, when it comes to baseball. And he's liking our angle with the Cubbies. So that's what we had to get approved as we're heading into the night for our baseball bet. But don't worry, we still got more bets coming. Next segment, our final segment, we've got some NBA action to look forward to. Now, I've got a couple props for the games tonight. But first, I do want to look at some of these adjusted series prices. Memphis and Minnesota one is fascinating and we could kind of play that based on how we think the game's going tonight and then same thing with the Nets and the Celtics so plenty more still to come stick with us it is rush out I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Sports Want more betting insights to help you get an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts who are tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks not only in Vegas but across the whole country. So download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast right now at VEASAN.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts available. Again, that's VSIN.com slash podcasts. All righty, welcome back into the mix. I'm Danny Burke, your host here on Rush Hour. It is VEASAN, the sports betting network, and we are about to wrap up another edition of Rush Hour, and we'll get to some props that I also have as best bets momentarily but first, I wanted to spend a few moments talking about these adjusted NBA series prices. I'm always fascinated by these series prices in the first place, but you can always get a little bit better. Not always, but from time to time, you can get better value on some of these series prices in these specific series that you kind of go into with the thought that, hey, 
If this game happens one way, I'll look to bounce back on X. And that's kind of what Jeff Parles talked about when he joined us on Friday, looking at this Nets and Celtics series. Because to me, I was looking to bet that one with whoever had the plus money. That's how I would have bet it. I didn't end up doing it. And then Jeff comes down and he goes, well, Danny, you know, the way I'll look at it is I kind of assume the Celtics will win. So then I'll look to bounce back on the Nets with a better series price. Okay, so that's kind of an example of what you can do. And also maybe with Minnesota and Memphis, you can look at that and go, hey, you know, I thought Memphis was going to have a good advantage here, but they actually lost game one, and now you're only getting them about minus 134. So there's a lot of different avenues you can take, and I want to focus in on those two specific series. And we might as well start with the Minnesota series taking on the Memphis Grizzlies since this game uh, will be going off later tonight, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. So right now, the adjusted series price at Bet Rivers has Minnesota plus 110. The Grizzlies are minus 134. Now, for this game, remember when we discussed it, the spread opened like 7.5. It's dropped down now to 6.5 in favor of Memphis. I'm looking at this game thinking, yeah, I would rather take the points with Minnesota as opposed to laying it with Memphis, but I do think it would be really tough to, maybe not really tough, but I think it's definitely tougher to expect Minnesota to capture two wins on the road against this Memphis squad. And I do believe Memphis is an experienced, and I'm not really that high in them. And this is why we've ignored their ser or their finals prizes throughout a majority of the season. They have a lot of talent, but really at the same time, on paper, do they have that much more talent than this Minnesota team, at least with some of their top guys? I mean, obviously, Anthony Edwards has been a stud toward the end of this season in the playing game and in the first game of the playoffs. Then he got Carl Anthony Towns. As long as he's being dominant on the offensive side of things, they can compete with anyone. And let's not forget about D'Angelo Russell and what he can do offensively as a role player. And then he got the defensive presence of Patrick Beverly. Now, of course, with Memphis, you've got some good role players who were really outstanding during the course of the regular season, even during the absence of John Morant. But you saw them a little bit shaky in game one, and maybe the pressure's coming on game two. The point is, I do think Memphis bounces back in this game, but I don't necessarily believe they are the best team in this series. So instead of just abruptly overreacting to Minnesota winning game one and me going, oh, okay, maybe it does it has been proven that they can compete or a better team than Memphis. No, because I do want to take it game by game, and I realize that Memphis probably will bounce back here. They're going to at least get one home win. So I'll wait. I'll see if Memphis does end up winning, and then I'll look to bounce back and take Minnesota on a better plus price to win the series. Now, this is all going to matter based on, of course, what happens in this game. I mean, if Memphis just absolutely blows them out and it's not even close or an injury occurs, that's going to change my thought process. Plus, if it doesn't really alter that much on the series price, then maybe it's not that tempting. But if you get a significant enough alteration after the Memphis Grizzlies win tonight, a big if, of course, then maybe we'll look to capture a better series price on Minnesota, a team that I think is just as good, if not better, than the Grizzlies. All right? So we'll keep that in the back of our head for that first series price. The other one... Boston and Brooklyn, like we said, Jeff Parles did a great job kind of throwing this out there. Granted, it was a buzzer beater, but still it came through because now you got the Celtics as high as minus 235 against the Nets, who are now plus 188 at Bet Rivers. Ideally, you could have got like close to two to one, but they realize that a lot of people are probably going to try to bounce back on Brooklyn after that game that was so close and a game that really featured Kevin Durant struggling in the first half. 
So Boston was fortunate to get that look at the end of the game, and if they didn't, naturally, we'd be having a way different conversation. But already for game two, Boston opened up as high as a four-point favorite. They've come down now at Bet Rivers as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And look, I think it's one of those things, again, of course, I'm not going to rush to lay minus 235 with Boston. I didn't even want to lay about minus 150 with them before the series. So how do you look at this now? Do you think Boston has all the momentum after getting that game-winning shot? Or do you think Brooklyn bounces back? Kevin Durant has a better performance. Kyrie, with all the motivation uh, behind him, he continues to dominate. Can Brooklyn at least snag one game before going back home? This is what you have to ask yourself. And the answer, if the answer for you is yes, then I would absolutely consider taking the plus 188 with Brooklyn. I'm a little hesitant here, though. I, it wouldn't shock me to see Boston win this game once again. I'm probably going to wait to see where this line movement progresses toward. And if it gets down to like three, two and a half, then maybe I'll go, okay, people are showing some faith in this Brooklyn team. And assuming they win, of course, the series price is not going to be plus 188 afterward. So then I will absolutely consider taking a series price with the Brooklyn Nets at about plus 188. Again, I wanted it a little bit higher. That's why I didn't pull the trigger now but I think I'll probably end up taking it on a game-to-game -game basis or a prop perspective with Kyrie Irving, but something to be aware of. You can bet these series prices consistently throughout the series as they, as they have been going on. That's the beautiful thing about these books, and that's why you can capture some of this value, and I think you can potentially do it with Brooklyn at plus 188. More importantly, if the Grizzlies win tonight, I absolutely think you can do it with the T-Wolves, who right now are plus 110, and hopefully if they lose, we can get a lot better value than that with Minnesota, which we'll discuss a little bit more tomorrow if that comes to fruition. But again, keep your eye out on that and monitor these numbers so you know where they started and where they're moving toward. But that's my thought process right now on the two kind of viable series prices that you could actually get involved in that could be worth some value. All right, but let's get to the official plays that I do have for tonight. We got a couple of props along with the play we did make in baseball, which I'll recap momentarily. But I do want to focus on this Minnesota and Memphis game this evening. A couple of props that stood out to myself. Let's start with John Morant. Now, you know John Morant, prolific scorer, can get to the rim, has huge highlight dunks every other night. But I'm looking at where we could possibly fade him, and that's going to be from beyond the arc. Not necessarily a top-tier three-point shooter is John Morant. He's averaging about one-and-a-half threes per game on about four-and-a-half attempts. His prop tonight at Bet Rivers is one-and-a-half. The over was about minus 140 earlier. In the under, you were getting some plus money at plus 110 for John Morant. And I am looking for him to stay under one-and-a-half three-point field goals made. So not only is he not a consistent three-point threat overall this whole season, but specifically against Minnesota, he's really struggled from beyond the arc. He's averaged in now uh, five games against Minnesota less than a three per contest, 0 0.8 on about five attempts. And even in game one versus Minnesota in the playoffs, win 0-2 from deep. Now, if you want to look at the bigger span this season in 57 games, Morant only got two or more threes in 25 out of 57 games. And again, overall versus Minnesota, in five games, he's only gone over it one time. That was the first time they met, went three of six from deep. Otherwise, it's been 0 of three, 0 of seven, 0 of four, and most recently, 0 of two from deep for John Morant. Only 19. 19% of his shot attempts are coming from three, and he's only connecting on 34% of them. The Minnesota Timberwolves rank 11th in defending the three, in defending the three, excuse me, their opponents making just 
So I'm taking the plus money going Morant under one and a half threes tonight. And then I'm going to come back and lay a little bit of a price with Carl Anthony Towns over nine and a half rebounds minus 134. He's averaging about 10 per season. He's gone over this mark in 40 out of 74 games this season. And versus Memphis, he's averaging 10 rebounds specifically. And out of the five games he's gone up against the Grizzlies, he's gone over this in three out of five games. Got 12, 5, 9, 11, and 13, respectively. Game one, he had the 13 rebounds. The games he didn't go over, one of them where he got the nine rebounds, Steven Adams wasn't playing, so maybe he wasn't forced to be down low as much, boxing him out. And then in the other one where he got five, they were crushing the Grizzlies. He only played 24 minutes compared to him playing 43 minutes in game one, which is probably where we'll see him once again. And also something to keep out there. I know people probably want to bet him to get a double-double. The price is minus 143 for a double-double, or you could bet him over nine and a half rebounds at minus 134. Why wouldn't you take the nine cents better for something that he has to get anyways to get the double-double, which is going to be him over nine and a half rebounds? So that's what I'm doing. Cat over nine and a half rebounds, minus 134. Morant under one and a half threes at plus 110. And we're rooting for the Cubbies tonight to get another dub against the race. So let's go, Cubbies. Hopefully those props come through. Best of luck if you tail. Thank you to everybody for joining the show. Thank you for listening in. We will be back tomorrow for another edition of Rush Out. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free at- 